Hello friends, and welcome to another day, another moment in time, where I am here, you are there, and in a mystical way we are here together. This is a moment like any other, in which some are living, some are dying, some are suffering, some are awakening. Due to the human condition, there is an almost infinite amount of possibilities in which we exist between the realm of fully awake and quite asleep. Asleep to what, you may say? Well, asleep to life, to knowing who you are, to being a sensory being, simply having an experience. And on this day, a very interesting, powerful, peaceful, and compassionate man has passed from this world at the age of 95, Thich Nhat Hanh, a Buddhist poet, peace activist, and living embodiment of compassion, is no more in body. And that's just fine. Because as with anyone else that passes away, who he was and what he was lives on because we are human and we are capable of remembering, of embracing, and because the core teaching, the connection, the connective tissue of everything is always there. It didn't pass away because it cannot. And even in those that aren't aware, this connective tissue is love and compassion. And so I'd like to read from one of Thich Nhat Hanh's books and then speak a little bit about it. So one of the books, many books, Thich Nhat Hanh wrote is called Being Peace. And in this book he's talking about Buddhism, Buddhist practices, and describing them. What I'm going to read is a little section where he talks about what's called the second gem which is um, the third of three jewels in Buddhism. I'm not going to go into detail describing them. It's not that important. Beyond the labels of the teaching, the labels of Siddhartha as a Buddha, is what actually matters, and that is the heart of the matter. The teaching itself, which is to go beyond the teaching and to be the experiential being that Siddhartha awakened to, and that many others have awakened to, which I understand from having had a similar experience. So here's a small, a small passage. The second gem is the Dharma. Dharma is what the Buddha taught. It is the way of understanding and love, how to understand, how to love, how to make understanding and love into real things. Before the Buddha passed away, he said to his students, Dear friends, my physical body will not be here tomorrow, but my teaching body will always be here to help. You can consider it as your own teacher, a teacher who never leaves you. That is the birth of Dharmakaya. The Dharma has a body also, the body of the teaching. The meaning of Dharmakaya is quite simple, although some people in Mahayana have made it very complicated. 
Dharmakaya just means the teaching of the Buddha. The way to realize understanding and love. Later it became something like the, the ontological ground of being. Anything that can help you wake up has Buddha nature. When I am alone and a bird calls me, I return to myself. I breathe and I smile, and sometimes it calls me once more. I smile and I say to the bird, I hear already. Not only sounds, but sights can remind you to return to your true self. In the morning when you open your window and you see the light streaming in, you can recognize it as the voice of the Dharma, and it becomes part of the Dharmakaya. That is why people who are awake see the manifestation of the Dharma in everything. A pebble, a bamboo tree, the cry of a baby, anything can be the voice of the Dharma calling. We can practice like that. Now what Thich Nhat Hanh is alluding to, as with what the Buddha attempted to pass on subsequent to his awakening, which was a realization, which means a realization, was to be completely rooted in the moment in the real world, using your real sensory being, 100%, without any comment from the thinking mind. Not that that's a bad thing, but it's not always a necessary thing. And this is the identification with mind that's spoken of, you being the perceiver, the watcher, is simply the overall sensory being that you are being aware with nothing interfering, reducing resistance. And so when, when he talks about anything being the Dharma, he just means anything that you see as it really is can snap you to the reality of the moment and realize that you are also here being real seeing what is real without any interference. The interference being the mind, the human self-conscious mind, and the associated ego that I speak of on a consistent basis. Because I know this, having experienced it as well, having illuminated my own disconnect, which is the fundamental disconnect of the human species. And so the teaching never ends. And the teaching, the most powerful form of the teaching beyond any writing, any talks that Thich Nhat Hanh ever gave, that uh, Siddhartha ever gave, that I will ever give, is just being fully present to the self and to the moment. And allowing stillness and allowing space in which others can also understand that concept without having to be taught, be told, be instructed, be given lists of things that they have to do. And just as Siddhartha awoke and then started talking about it, the people around him grasped onto these things as overt teachings and compiled it and wrote it down and made it into something. Now that's not a bad thing because it is and has been helpful in many ways. But it was never necessary. And in fact, 
the further down in time that goes with that system, which is the ego, self-conscious mind, system, grasping on to something real and turning it into information, the more corrupt it becomes and the further the connection to authentic feeling there is. This is why it is so important to know yourself and be it and experience it and share it. And this has happened with everyone who has awakened to a deeper sense of self in the world. One of the first impulses is to share it. Now the ego also likes to share for validation so that it can be right. But we're here to talk about compassion, being peace, peace being love, love without motive. The heart has no ulterior motive. The ego always does. That's one way to tell the difference between the two. The heart doesn't need recognition. It doesn't need feedback. The feedback is automatic. Because when you're being compassionate, it feels good. Not because you're getting something. It feels good because it feels good. There's automatic feedback in a connected system. And there's balance. And that's just the way of consciousness. Which is all humans really are. In the end, we've just become very, very human. The condition has taken the place of the being. If we were truly humans being, I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you about how to be a human being. But the human condition has been powerfully run by ego for a very, very long time. And that's just the way it is. I'm not here to complain about it here to point it out. And the only reason is because I'm compelled to try to help you to feel good about yourself and about life. About your life, yes, but about life in general. And to see the beauty, the reality in everything, even in the challenges of life, the sufferings, which would be short-term if we were awake to ourselves, because then we wouldn't let them linger in mind. Now, Thich Nhat Hanh was extremely well known for his talks on compassion. And so I'd just like to go through what compassion is defined as and what we can make of it. So, one dictionary definition of compassion is a sympathetic consciousness of others' distress together with a desire to alleviate it. And true compassion has no ego-based desire. Our mind wants to know new things. It wants to compile information. It wants to be smart. It wants to be right. It wants to look at something, label it, and get it correct. Compassion wants to see another person in need of diminishing some suffering, of experiencing themselves on a true, joyful, authentic level. And in that helping, the desire spoken of is the desire of consciousness itself. The desire of, its, of the universe simply to be experiencing something 
in the best possible way, which is always with the least amount of resistance, which is akin to love. Love is efficiency, is lack of resistance, is compassion, is empathy, is gratitude. All of the things that we can do without expecting anything in return. True compassion. And in all my experience of the last seven years, and actually a lot of my lifelong experience and education and observation of world, the world around of life and form, leaves me with no doubt that the connective tissue of everything is that this pure consciousness which just keeps on moving through everything as things come in and out of form. And to do so with the least amount of resistance simply leads to the optimal outcome. On that level, I believe Thich Nhat Hanh probably led a very satisfying life, which is actually something beyond happy, because happy, happy moments come and go, even for an enlightened being, even for someone who is awake, because suffering happens. It isn't the basis of life, of being in form, but it happens, and that's fine. I'm sure Dignatan would want nothing less for you than for you to simply learn to be in stillness and hold that space and not just remember him, his teachings, which are just teachings, which are just his being, trying not to harm anything in order to experience a life, which actually isn't a hard thing to do. We just aren't doing it very well as a species right now. But to honor him would be to honor compassion in anything, anyone, anytime. And so thanks, Dick. It's been very nice... Uh, having read your books, having listened to your talks, and having known another fine example of a being who just wanted to help others selflessly down a path towards self-awareness and liberation. Something we all have a birthright to be here and to do. And to which end, my work, which is just my being won't end till I take my last breath, whenever that may be. So I hope this evening finds you well, and that um, you don't always mourn the loss of someone for long, but instead honor what the life that person lived has meant. Hello, fellow humans, and thanks for listening. I really appreciate it. Um, ever since I got this thing started, which was years in the making, I've been excited about uh, doing this and only this. It's what gives me the most pleasure in life is helping others help themselves. And it's actually what I know the best, despite all the other things I've studied for and uh, have had as careers, as experiences, as hobbies, as connections with life. This is it. So to that end, if you'd like to experience if you'd like to support a very simple human doing this, it doesn't take much for me to survive, and 
anything over and above that that I ever make from this will always go back into helping others directly. And you can support me by finding me on Red Circle Podcasts, which may be where you're listening. Uh, There's donating information there. I also have an account with something called Libra Pay, where you can find me as Steve Alat, or you can send uh, a donation through PayPal, steve at illuminatingthedisconnect.com. If any of those aren't sufficient or fail, send me an email. Again, steve at illuminatingthedisconnect.com. We can figure something out. And uh, thanks for listening. I really, really hope it helps. And if it does, do send me a message. Thanks for your support.